we are back officially as always weekly on a, on a, on a yeah weekly basis we are here i'm of course meals i'm here with lj himself what is up bro oh what's good how you doing today just man today's a day you know <laughs> already Two no, o'clock. It's WrestleMania weekend. I'm, oh yeah, I'm, that's true. I'm, you got a I'm, lot to do this weekend. Yeah, well, I've had a lot to do this week. Yeah, so. this week in general, leading up to WrestleMania, and so night man, one was a banger though. Night one was crazy. Listen, we're 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 recording this on Sunday, so it's not quite night two yet. But night one was an absolute banger. Spent the last week preparing for it, recording various different things, putting the various stuff on YouTube, making sure that the A-Show content is very pristine leading into this massive event. So, yeah, to be honest with you, just to be candid with everyone who's listening to this, I don't have notes for today's show. <laughs> like, <laughs> usually I have, I don't know if you've ever seen my notes for when I do shows. Um, yeah, I have. It's I'm, okay the listeners quite have lengthy. it but i have yeah yeah it's quite lengthy like i i go in there's funny stuff i may want to talk to there's questions i want to ask you and ask myself um there's little things that i've noted but i don't have that this time but guess what you and i been doing this for years we are as some would say professionals um and i think we can still get through this entire thing um Let's no see. notes with with no notes no notes call it in the ring that's what yeah, that's listen, what we do hey man listen we're uh yeah we've been just we're gonna make this work um first of all shout out to the guys over at subsly dubsly shows very popular um shows getting a lot of great uh great conversation around it um unfortunately if you guys looked on the internet there was an april fools thing <laughs> That was not so much an April Fool's that I think people were generally like, oh my god, this would be awesome. So, um, I don't want to get too much into it with uh, Jay, but essentially you put up a tweet that season three of Subsly Dubsly will be covering romance manga, romance anime. And everyone was like, <laughs> oh my god, that's awesome. Da-da-da-da. And I, I fake looked at it and I was like, damn. <laughs> Maybe oh, we man. should. <laughs> I, listen, bro. Romance anime is is something special. I only know blue. There's box. something about there's something about like cartoon relationships that just draw you in. Mm. You, mm. you usually find you usually find a person you're rooting for. Mm. You're like really defensive over them. You're just like, no, they belong. They be they belong to be happy. They need to be with this person. It's it mm. gets crazy. Start self projecting onto them. Yeah, you know, you start you know start relating to other people's problems. Oh, yeah, man. I remember I didn't get that text back that one time, and I just you know it's it gets crazy. It's a you know what? So maybe maybe we'll take it on consideration. But there is a plan for Subsly Dubsly season three. Um, it's just not that. But <laughs> um, let's get into a little topic. I mean, we don't have much in the news this week. I mean, animes are coming out. Crunchyroll announced that they will be streaming Demon Slayer. I didn't know that they weren't going to be, but you have a doubly confirmed that they absolutely are. Um, this oh week, yeah, you know that Demon yeah. Slayer wasn't going to leave Crunchyroll at all. No, not at all. This week on the tweets. Um. Oh, look at me! Ha ha! I won a baseball bet. <laughs> oh did um, you yes, i know I mlb did. is back so you know my blood pressure has been really high hey man how, how have you been feeling thus far are you happy for it to be back i'm very happy for baseball to be back um okay. the, the one of two things i truly pay attention to sports wise right, um, i had i had brad keller uh i don't even remember what is it uh kansas city royals yep with five plus strikeouts and he just got his six so oh nice look at that look at me look at me i'm a i'm a i'm a, deg- <laughs> you're a, I'm you're a degenerate a guru yeah a you're, you're... <laughs> i don't even watch a fucking sport <laughs> <laughs> i like how you just threw it out there though i like that yeah listen yankees had a yankees had a rookie pitcher today he did really good mm-hmm. six strikeouts one walk i think three hits no runs Okay. I was like, I could take it. I'll All take right. it. Listen, this is what we need. The city, we need to restore the feeling. And then when the Yankees win, you can finally come back. And uh, 
bask in the parade. I'm I'm ready to. I don't watch baseball, but if there's a parade to go to, I'm going. Oh yeah, no, we're gonna be out there together. Yeah, no ifs, ands, or buts about it. Like uh, obnoxious Yankee fans, obnoxious baseball fans, I'm there. Um, I do want to talk content. about absolutely. I do want to talk about something that landed on the internet. Speaking of content, this week it was a tweet that kind of sent. Um, I don't know what realm of Twitter. I can't say anime Twitter, but maybe black anime Twitter. Um, eh, maybe anime Twitter. Um, in a tizzy. In terms of, there was a tweet that was dropped earlier this week where this girl, you know where I could find the tweet? Where this guy responded to it. I'm not going to say the guy's name, um, but he does. uh, I did order something from him and I haven't received it yet, so I'm pretty. uh... (laughs) (laughs) No, you got to put him out there. That's bad customer service. No, it's not. He says it's stuck at customs. I've been with, so it's the um, customs. The Pochita uh, slipper thing. Mm. And they said it's stuck at customs. So I was like, you know what? Whatever. I mean, it just is what it is. Um, he's not a bad uh, thing. It's My just, money isn't stuck at customs now, is it? This is true. This is true. Listen. It's crazy. Um, hold on. Okay, maybe the girl deleted the tweet. Oh, she sure the fuck did. Um, <laughs> anyway. 4PF Barbie. <laughs> <laughs> tweeted in case she deleted the tweet and you want to go find her said rdc world is one of the reasons why anime is accepted in today's society now um that sent the internet in tizzy in terms of like people either either people are assholes for denying the impact of rdc world or people are crazy for giving them enough credit that they um ushered in a new wave of fandom via their fan base what say you on why anime is accepted in today's society why do you think so um because black people make things cool uh i don't (laughs) not wrong (laughs) that's why um that's that's a whole uh, there's a lot I, i could say about that but i don't I don't want to take away from RDC's influence because I think for anime creators, especially black ones, they have definitely helped pave the lane mm-hmm. in terms of content creation and how things are discussed. You know, they that we're able not to say like we're able to finally use our voice, but it's just like we're able to just kind of just talk about it, just nat- like kind of just naturally how black people talk about things, especially things right. that we enjoy. Um, I think that a lot of anime's popularity now and acceptance into pop culture comes a lot more from just, just like, I mean, the internet in general is just, you know, you're, you're able to find pockets now and you're, you know, you're able to find your tribes now. And also anime is just, it's gotten better. (laughs) <laughs> like it's Absolutely. like that's that's like the main thing about it it's gotten better it's gotten more available you are able to watch it on more platforms now you're able to watch the old stuff even the new stuff the art of the new stuff has now taken over like clips go viral all the time now of mm. like holy crap like look at this fight and look at this um i i think that I mean, it, it's been gone for a while and it doesn't look like it's returning anytime soon. But like Dragon Ball Super, like that is, I feel that was another big one that really helped usher in um, kind of this fandom. I mean, Dragon Ball Z in general and just, but has always been that. But like New Age, Dragon Ball Super helped usher that in. Um, Attack on Titan helped usher that in. Like the, the the popularity has just come because the product is just continually they got better, and the product is just you know now it's at a point where it's pretty undeniable of the fact that this shit is cool. I mean, it's always been cool, but it's like pretty undeniable now of like this is this is something that you can watch. I like I know people who have never watched anime before who are now like, yo, what should I watch? And like, I really want to get into some stuff now. Um yeah i think just the popularity and the conversation around it has just grown 
So I'm I'm legitimately word for word, bar for bar in the same boat. <laughs> it's like crazy. <laughs> like everything you named was stuff that I named as well, including Dragon Ball. But I think just in general, I think the large part of it, if I had to put in a very strong, like large main factor to why it's accepted in today's society, is definitely social media. I think social media has not only made anime acceptable, but made any type of fandom access, you know, acceptable in today's society. I don't think there would be a resurgence of 90s conventions or reboots of any show or Full House and Boy Meets World or Girl Meets World or whatever the hell it is. I don't think that exists without social media um, pretty much bringing attention that people are still fans of it. And that there's a group of people who still want that kind of thing. And I think it's the same thing with anime. I think social media and the rise of it, when you look at the rise of social media, you're probably going to see the rise of also popularity in anime as well, because it's just brought the conversation about it in real time that people can share with one another. It's the forums of this generation. It's the it's how people, when you share a clip on social media and it goes viral, people discover anime off of that. Um, when people do word of mouth, when Demon Slayer is a big thing, because I think Demon Slayer is one of the contributing factors just in general. Like it's yeah, definitely thing. Um, but when people share that episode 19 and said people have to watch this and people did, um, I think that got a lot of people moving in that direction as well. And there was a lot of moments. I mean, Dragon Ball Super had a was trending every week and was breaking the internet like every other week when it was closing to its ending. I think that's a major part as well. But I think overall, it's the social media explosion, Instagram, Twitter, and then like you said, also it being so accessible now because it's not only just on Crunchyroll, even though Crunchyroll is kind of like the main hub where you can find these things, but you can definitely watch anime on Netflix. You can watch it on Hulu. You can watch it on Disney Plus. You can watch it kind of anywhere. You're doing live action versions, shitty live action versions. Let me put that in the <laughs> space as well. Shitty live action versions of these animes. Um, which are still, is- which still has their own charm to it. Yeah, but and, and you know, Netflix is also like, it's a big I think they see how popular this thing is, and that's why they want to land on it, because they have put a lot of money behind, okay, we want to do a live action of this, live action Pokemon, live action One Piece, live action Cowboy Bebop, live action blah, blah, blah. Um, And, you know, it's just the conversations are being had. The people are being, you know, are talking about this. I think, like you said, and, you know, I think you put everything perfectly in the way you kind of explain it. RDC World's influence more lays into the creators that have followed it. Um, and I think they inspire a lot of creators, just not even in the in the in the anime space, but video games and 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 sports and all the other things that they kind of like, you know, tackle. But I think as black creatives, even you know, even us to an extent, like us doing this consistently. Um, who knows where it, it wouldn't be a known thing or an accepted thing had RDC World maybe not done this. So I think they have a lane and sort of influence for creators in the space. Um, you know, and also have- too though, like people gotta remember, like granted they do a lot of anime stuff, but pop culturally they just they touch on everything. Yeah, that's what that's what my main thing is. Like I don't even know if they're. Yeah, I can't even put them in a box. I don't even want to put them in a box of just like they're just anime. Like they they touch on everything. Yeah, pretty much. Like sports is where they're really gonna pop off. If they drop a sports video tomorrow, it's getting five million views. I've I've seen the views on their anime stuff, and it's not as large as them, but it's not it's not like a small fucking number either. But um, and they're quick with it. Like something happens in the world, and they have like a video ready for it. Whether it comes to music like you said music sports anything right but you know that youtube community the social media community instagram twitter anywhere where you kind of like have discourse about anime i would say that's the main reason of why it's accepted in today's you know society you know shout out to that girl who tweeted that tweet and then <laughs> immediately tweeted after we're like rdc get behind me <laughs> like back me up oh, yeah, no, she was she was dick riding for some for some dream con tickets i don't like that yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um, <laughs> she was trying to get the free ticks. I I don't know how I feel about this. 
Oh, listen, apparently it's a, it's a, um, it's a hot ticket, you know, hot commodity, you know, hot commodity. We're to the point where you got to go online and say, say something egregious for them, but it's okay. Amen. Amen. If she got it, you know, she got it. If she don't, she don't. But, um, I would say there's a lot of factors contributing to the growth of anime over the last number of years. Speaking of anime, we definitely have one that we can cover right now which we have been covering we're in part three out of four of our jujitsu kaisen season one rewatch and we are at the i'm gonna say this hold on we are at the kyoto goodwill event arc so third series in jujitsu kaisen third arc um three out of four as we cover as we as we continue to wind down on season one of jujitsu kaisen so you know what Actually, you know what? I don't have a plan. I'm not even going to do any post-production on this. Let's head right into the damn show. I was like, well, oh, let's do take this. A break. And yeah, I was going to put an audio clip. And I was like, I don't have an audio clip prepared <laughs> at all. Um, so, you know what? Let's dive into it officially. Kyoto Goodwill Arc Jujutsu Kaisen Season 3. This is what I would say is the tournament arc of the series. Would you agree? Kind of, sort of. You need a, you need some, you need a competition. I don't even want to call it a tournament arc. You need a competition arc. Competition arc, tournament arc. Yeah, I, I would, I would put it in. I, w- I would still put it in the same lane as the, um, various other tournament arcs. I mean, dark tournament. Um, what's another notable one? What's that one in Naruto? That's like, oh, the the shonen exams. Yeah, the the tuning exams. There you go, tuning exams. Um, the 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 the, sh- the shit in my hero academia. The little other tournament. I don't uh, know. Yeah. Now, see, I don't. This is my thing with no notes, but I would put it in that because I think what it does is accomplishes a lot of different the same things as the tournament arc. Um, I think a tournament arc is there to to mass introduce characters. Mm-hmm. In a very in a, in a quick way, in a way where it's not like, okay, you know, not it's in a way natural. where we, yeah, you know, because you got all these people here now. You're like, oh, who's this and who's that? You get to is a time for characters to like pop their shit. You get to see who got what special and what type of secret techniques each one got. Um, what, what what makes what what would you say makes a good tournament arc? The unexpected. Mm. Okay, there has like, to be something unexpected that happened. Yeah, like I for me a, a good tournament arc, like Grant, because for me, you know who's going to win at the end nine times out of ten. Sometimes they'll sure. throw a curveball and like right. the ma- the main characters don't win. But if there's like stakes where like you stakes. know gotta have stakes for sure. Yeah, you gotta have stakes for sure. But like the stakes are like. Whoever wins this tournament arc now, you know, gets a chance to rule something or like the world is on the line or something like that. Obviously, you know who's gonna win. Absolutely. Um, so you're you're always looking for the little curveballs that they can throw within there. I think um, good fights is something you definitely gotta have great. Oh fights yeah, gotta have a good fight in there. And not like fights. I don't not like fights where they're just moving really fast and you're like, Oh wow. Like they're fighting. Like I, I like choreography. I like, I like seeing mm-hmm. the punches thrown and the dodges and the, Oh damn. Like he just slipped that and then hit him in the ribs. Like, you know, you like the, like the little things like that. Um, I think also another thing is storyline pro- progression. Like it has to advance the story in a way, you know? Um, I think good tournaments, present new opportunities, whether it be new rivals, um, new goals, new, um, I don't know, new demons, something along those new lines. Demons, I think, yeah. yeah, I think it has to advance the story in an in a, in a interesting way. And that's what kind of helped makes a good tournament arc. I'm trying to think, what else, would, what else makes a good tournament arc? Um, I... Once again, I think just good stakes. You gotta make sure that why are we all here? Right. Like, why why do I why should I care about who wins this battle, who wins this and who wins that? Um I can't lie though. I mm. love a good squash match in a tournament arc. Okay. 
someone where someone clearly has a, a yeah has a clear yeah. power advantage. You know, maybe the other guy's coming in thinking he's hot shit. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna typically come that's here, a reference. All this on. Typically, that's a reference point for whatever main character is. It's like, oh my god, I gotta beat that guy. Ugh, yeah. How can I ever? Yeah, like oh my god, like in the fuck, what was it? Um, well, I keep thinking my hero. Uh. Stupid second season of My Hero Academia. I forgot what the arc was. Um, where Todoroki was like, oh my god, that guy. His ice power is just killing people left and right. And Deku was like, I gotta face that guy. And Bakugo was like, I gotta face that guy too. And then he eventually, you know, power friendship, man, all the shit that happened. UA Festival arc. Um, there you go. Also, Dark Tournament arc with, um, what's my man's name? Uh, uh, with the glasses, sunglasses, all the all the yes, time. Yes, yes, yes. Togoro, Togoro, Togoro. There you go, Togoro. Yeah. Also, yeah, big uh, big stepper in that arc. Um, but then you Super. you know the <laughs> it presents different opportunities. Hiei's power we wouldn't have seen, and um, Kurabara's taking it to the next level and Kurama really like showing his stuff and stuff like that. And then also, um, the fucking main character. Now. <laughs> you say, yeah, there you go. <laughs> See why I need my notes. Um, him getting to the next level as well. So when you, when you enter that tournament arc, you don't really leave the same. You will, re- you leave in a much more experienced role. To be honest with you, I don't know if the Kyoto Goodwill event arc checks any of these boxes <laughs> as much as oh, they do. Oh, no, it doesn't. It, <laughs> because, well, once again, I don't see this as a tournament. It's a competition for sure. Um, you know, you get to you get introduced. Well, usually gets a, he gets a little power up. He, he learns the Black Flash and that becomes oh, yeah. a, yeah, a very strong thing in his catalog. Yeah. Um, But, uh, no, I mean it, it has the essence of a tournament arc. You get mm. to meet people, there's some good fights happening, there's a score, you know. Uh you know, they're they're kinda they're really fighting more for bragging rights than anything else. Right. Of course. Not, like, I mean, the stakes yeah. aren't really huge. So this is just going into the story itself. This is the, the I think it's the thirtieth annual one. Either way, um, it's a rematch from last year where one Yuta Kotsu, who has not been seen in the series as of yet and isn't seen in season one of the series, um, whooped all their asses. <laughs> of the yeah, Tokyo single single handedly. Single handedly, yeah. So they're coming back for blood. Yuta's not currently with this squad because he's off, you know, working outside or studying abroad or whatever the hell, turn, you know, excuse that they gave um, that you see at the end of the Jujutsu Kaisen Zero movie. But he's not in the arc. So now it's a, le- a bit, bit of a much more level playing field with the um, Kyoto students and the Tokyo, not Tokyo. Yeah, Tokyo versus Kyoto students. Um going head to head now we see this before we get into because there's definitely some villain stuff that happens um actually yeah we'll, we'll get into the villain stuff afterwards because it becomes a large part of this thing like it's very naruto-esque um so it's the day of the tournament everyone's heading there we see the group that's there i think for the first time we're introduced to the entire tokyo uh um, squad, which is let me actually pull up their team names. Let's see, it is. Gosh, okay, thanks for. I should have had. See, I should have had this better. Um, so we're introduced to, of course, the the, the we've met already. Toto, um, Ao Toto, big horse, big guy. Um, oh yeah, big of, big beefy man. Absolutely. Um, and we were introduced to, they call her in the, in the dub May, but I think it's Mai, right? It's definitely Mai. Um, I'm going with Mai. Mai Zenin of the Zenin family, twin sister of Maki, goes to a different school, hates her sister's guts, already built in conflict right there that we'll explore upon in a little bit. Um, Noritosho Kamo, who is honestly 
He's kind of a dickhead. Yeah, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. He gets a, you know, he he gets a little bit of a run here, and I think we see him a little. You know, I'll leave that for the spoiler section. We see him a little bit later in the series as well. Um, Kokuchi Muta, as we know, Mekamaru. <laughs> um, he's using Ultimate Mekamaru. His curse thing is that his body is unable to pretty much do anything current in its current state. Um, he, like actual Maki, um, was born with Heavenly Restriction. Now, Heavenly Restriction is a type of curse restriction that affects someone's curse energy in exchange for limitations or improvements on their body. Clearly, he has a limitations part. His body is <laughs> cracked. It is done for. He works elsewhere, and he controls a Mechamaru bot who kicks ass in this series, and that's kind of where he is. Whereas Maki has heavenly restriction, and we'll see that she kicks many of her ass in this arc. Um, Miwa, who's my favorite? Kasumi Miwa. Um, just cute. Miwa's your favorite? I felt bad, yes. because I, I no. definitely slandered her in the text. <laughs> she is a liability. I love I, no, she absolutely is, but I love her. She's funny as hell. <laughs> like The perfect... <laughs> The part where um, Mekamaru is kind of like looking back in his life. Where is Amiwa looking back at his life? And she's like, I got these for you. I know that you're favorite. And he's like, I don't eat batteries. <laughs> I'm not an actual robot. And she looks back and she's like, you guys told me that he was. I was like, that's adorable. Her getting the selfie with Gojo. Her clearly being over her head. Her picking up the cell phone and getting cursed speech out of the tournament. Like... I love every moment that she's featured in. Um, and then we have... Momo. She gets her sword taken. And she's yeah. just like, well, I'm done. We have Momo Nishimiwa, um, who flies on a broom. Not really that thing. But we need a Momo in every series, apparently. So, No, yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Their principal is this old fart, Yoshinobu Gakuganji. Oh, fuck um, that guy. Hate him. Yeah. Conservative... Um, hates you know wants to keep the order of how things are going currently in the jutsu world and their teacher is yudahami lori or iori i want to say iori um student supervisor of all this entire thing kind of where gojo's at um she's where gojo's at and kakuganchi is where the principal is at in the jujutsu kaisen school so we got that kind of side laid out we already learned about the other side in the last episode um so it's an even tournament thus far. Well, even to this part. So we get, it's going to be Megumi, Nobara, Maki, um, Panda. Fuck, what's the other guy's name? <laughs> um, it's Curse Beach guy. Toge. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, in a, in, in no. You know what I'm saying. Yes, no, don't be no. Okay. Um, so we get all those, and they're going to be going up against this. But now there's a little, uh, there's a little wrinkle in their in their plan because as Gojo reveals at the top of this tournament, Yuji is actually alive, and he pops out this box, and it's supposed to be this big thing where he reunites with his two friends, even though his two friends are mortally, uh, you know, embarrassed, mortified that this guy is actually alive and played this corny ass joke after they mourned for him after everything that went on. So Yeah, it's been a minute. How would yeah. you feel in that? How would you feel in that situation? I want to feel if you said you were dead and then you popped up later like actually it was a joke. Um I would be grateful that you were alive, but I'll also be peeved that you think this was a joke. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, mm, we could have not really that funny, but I would have I would have reacted to kind of how they were. Absolutely. Um, but also, this is a low stakes thing. Like if they're so here's the thing. The Kyoto Goodwill arc is for bragging rights and pretty much like, yeah, it's not there's not any stakes on the line in general. So I don't think I would react in a way. Now, if this was a life or death situation. Oh, my God, he's back. Yes. Oh, finally, something on our side. But since there isn't. It is what it is. You Yuda killed everyone last year, and then everyone kind of went back to their lives. So yeah. it is what it is. Um, 
so now they have to that presents a new strategy for the Kyoto school um the Kyoto school says are immediately given orders to kill Yuji I was like all right <laughs> the principal comes in like all right team we got a plan what's the plan on beating them fuck beating them kill Yuji <laughs> <laughs> kill him we need him dead i want everyone focused on the murder of this guy please kill yuji what do you think about that plan uh the plan sucks he said i told you it was, he's a hater like i think that first of all i don't think that any of them 1v1 could beat yuji outside of like toto but like any of them else ran up i think that Usually would have made light work of him. It was interesting when Megumi revealed, like, if you, he's pretty strong. Like, if you guys didn't have, couldn't use any of your curse energy, he would beat the shit out of all of us <laughs> because he's just naturally gifted in a way that it makes it seem like he has heavenly restriction. I mean, you know, no spoiler section yet, but that hasn't been revealed about how he's so naturally strong in the first place in the series, I believe. Um, so there's nothing to spoil. But and he just drank his milk and did push-ups, I think. Amen. I mean, that might be the case. So they're working on how do they incorporate Yuji within this, and they're like, okay, Yuji's going to be the one who fights Toto, and then everyone else is going to try to just kind of do make well how they do, since Yuji is the only one who can kind of like take the brutality ass-whooping of this. Um, so that's a plan on both sides. One plan, kill Yuji. Other Yuji <laughs> fights Toto and everyone else tries to complete the game itself. We learn immediately, or rather immediately, the um, Tokyo school learns that, oh, they're trying to kill Yuji. We should probably do something about this. Um, let's get through the fights. Because we have a couple episodes actually worth of this entire thing. So, throughout yeah, this, this is, I think this is the episode-wise, this is the longest arc, right? Yeah, it's the longest arc of this first series for sure. As as most, I mean, it's not the longest arc of the series by even far. Like, oh no, I'm saying of, of the season, I guess. You yeah. Say. So we get several fights during this. The first fight that we actually see is going to be Yuji Itadori versus Io Toto, which starts in this arc. And essentially, Toto asks two, him the question: Two two beefy men pumping. <laughs> Pumping meats, man. <laughs> he asks him the question, what type of girls do you like? To which Yuji says, of course, you know, girls with asses like Jennifer Lawrence. To which now we have this sequence where <laughs> they believe now that they're best friends and they're uh they're on I the I feel same it, page. man. Sometimes you gotta bond over you gotta bond over ass, you know. I don't I don't it, think there's anything wrong with that. Hey man, it is what it is. Sometimes everyone uh, has their own, you know, quirks to them. Um, I like the I like the edit on uh, on Twitter when it says uh, instead of Jennifer Lawrence, it says Meg The Stallion. Easily better, way way better. Should actually be a canon thing, to be honest. Yeah, I wish. Um, I think it will be at some point. I think Gege knows at this point that everyone wants it to be Megan Thee Stallion, not Jennifer Lawrence. When's the last time I heard about Jennifer Lawrence, to be honest with you? Um, I don't know. She was probably doing some nut shit, though. So, <laughs> um, so we get Divergent Fist. Yuji's using his Divergent Fist. Altoto's like, yo, this is all wrong. I need to like tr- train you to be better, and I'm going to train you while you're fighting me. Um, Yuji asks, Yuji asks, is okay being weak, relying on um, divergent fists? Initially, Yuji does not care about being Toto's best friend, but he refuses to stay weak. Impressed, Toto tells his best friend that this is the correct response, and thus blooms an interesting friendship from there. The second battle that we get into, um, Panda versus Ultimate Mechamaru. Panda got other niggas living inside of him. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> um, he's got a, he's got a gang in him. He's a one man gang. <laughs> you know, he's a three the hard way. Really, right there. Gege um, was Gege was on some freak bowl. I'll be honest, creating that. So this was the arc right before this arc was the arc that I stopped. So I did I stopped reading 
and I was like, I'm just going to wait for the anime because I think at this point they had announced the anime. And I was like, I'm not really sure what's going on with anything. So I really stopped like right here before the panda fight. I was like, there's a panda fighting. I don't know what's going on in this arcade war. <laughs> I legitimately was like, yo, I don't know what's going on. Um, but it's a battle of cursed corpses. Ultimate Mechamaru, which is a cursed corpse that's being controlled by uh, Kakumi. And panda who is the son of the principal um his greatest possibly uh his greatest um fucking uh curse object not curse object uh, uh fuck i forgot what they're called um oh uh the 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 curse puppets curse puppets yes his greatest curse puppet um and they're having a battle and it's it gets to the point where Panda realizes a curse corpses. Um, he gets to the point where Ultimate Mechamaru is really turning up. He's like, nah, we we doing all types of stuff. We like um activate swords, boost, spin technique, ultra cannon, all this other stuff like that. Um, and then we see the backstory where Panda is not actually a panda, but <laughs> he is a cursed corpse and we see that the principal is telling him, like, listen, you have a brother and a sister. He's like, no, I don't. And he's like, they're inside you. And He's like, hey, man. Whoa. <laughs> so the panda turns into a gorilla, which is like. That's kind of a dangerous combination. It's kind of a crazy. panda gorilla. Yo, it was kind of nuts to see. This is my first time seeing it is in the anime. So I'm watching this for the first time. I'm like, I'm not mad at it <laughs> at all. Um, but this is kind of nuts. But nonetheless, the gorilla mode obviously destroys the shit out of Mechamaru. <laughs> like, um, Mechamaru tries to hit one of his cores. Panda says, I can move my cores, you little bitch. And really- Oh, yeah. He was like, fuck, nigga. You thought, <laughs> he thought it was sweet. Yeah, he's like I'm real well versed in this. Yeah, he was like, "Listen, I can fake my cord, be anywhere." Um, and Mechamaru defeats, uh, sorry, Panda defeats Mechamaru, and then says, "Can I borrow your phone?" He's like, "Yeah, at this point, might as well." Um, he's like, "Yeah, sure." He was telling the password. <laughs> then we see the fight between, um. Miwa and Maki, which is a completely one-sided fight. So Miwa remembers my telling her about Maki and says, listen, she's going to be a weak grade four sorcerer for the rest of her life. So Miwa's like, oh, shit. <laughs> okay, I turn up. This shit. <laughs> she was like, yo, let me get my sword. Let me do my thing. Um, Maki is not a grade four fucking sorcerer. <laughs> no, she is... <laughs> She's she, just held back by the system. Yeah, she is. And, and we learned the system. Her system, which is her own fucking family. How fucked up is that? Um, she's incredibly strong. And not only said, okay, Mima does her simple domain. Maki's like, fuck this shit. <laughs> Get this shit out of here. Um, it is like a eight-year-old playing LeBron James in basketball. That's kind of how... <laughs> this is he's like doing he's throwing it off the backboard and dunking himself he's crossing him up hard fouls everything of the sort Miwa tries her best she's like listen i got a sword i got everything Miwa stands no chance against maki in any not sense of the word like not even close um even Shout so much May. absolutely even so the teacher was like yo maki should be promoted and gojo's like yo throw up to me <laughs> she'd be number one um but maki has heavenly restriction and does not actually have a curse technique of her own um instead the power which would i guess summon her curse techniques is used to fortify her body which makes her ultra strong and ultra vigilant even though she can see cursed things but she wields curse objects instead um and we see a, a bevy of curse objects featured throughout this entire arc um and then we then There's switch a certain over. character that she's uh built built to be like absolutely which we'll get to in the maybe in the spoiler section um 
So this is the ladies episode, which I love, episode 17. I love this episode because I was like, wow, I've never felt like an episode dedicated to just eight strong women, or I think it was six, six strong women fighting in an episode, and it's just the women. Um, because now we're introduced to Nabara versus Momo. And they have, like, more so beyond just a battle of, like, actual, like, skill and stuff like that. It's a battle of ethics. Oh, yeah, they're having real girl talk. Yeah, Momo was like, listen, you don't understand. It's hard to be a woman and a jiu-jitsu sorcerer. Like, Mai goes through so much shit because, you know, her family thinks that she's weak and is a failure and da-da-da-da. To which Nobaro says, misfortune doesn't give anybody the right to be cruel. And being fortunate doesn't mean that someone has to be nice. Um, Which I was like, well... Barter up, <laughs> barter up. Give her the mic. She went crazy. She said Maki has the same br- upbringing as mine, but they're far from the same. Nobara refuses to excuse her actions, and tells Momo to think about the person they've already committed to condemning as a curse. Meaning, think of Yuji. So they're having this battle. You know, Momo's flying through the force on her thing. They're getting a nice little, you know, it's like movie action graphics and stuff like that. As Nobara's trying to use her um, her straddle technique resonance. And she eventually does and takes over Momo's broom, causing her to fall. And just as she's about to hit her with the squeaky hammer, this squeaky hammer, um, she's shot in the temple. <laughs> yep. She's shot with a rubber bullet from Mai herself. And from like 50, like 60 yards out too, Amen. with a handgun. Like, I don't think people understand the type of like, it's not like she had, you know, my or the lady in the rifle gun. or anything like that. She's like, not like she had a sniper rifle or anything like she had a six shooter and beamed her from 60 yards out. That was my, crazy. My or lady in the gun. Who you rolling with? Oh, uh, wait, Lady Nagant, like the one that we saw, or like her <laughs> original self? Because <laughs> uh, she has a quirk boost. Well, let's go with her original self. We're all OGs here. Okay. Um. Ooh. Lady Nagant, because, because, only because Mai can only create one bullet of yeah. her a curse bullet a day. This bitch threw a it gun takes at that. the girl. <laughs> she, was, she was out of bullets and said, fuck you, and threw the gun. Um, I love that part. So, obviously, Nabarro gets beamed, taken out. Um, Momo gets saved at the last second. Yeah, and, and she was about Maki. to smoke her with that little rubber hammer, which absolutely. was absolutely funny. Yeah, funny as fuck. Um, but Maki now enters because she's got to help her girl now. And we see Maki versus Mai, and then we get the backstory, the backstory of Mai and Maki, both growing well. Maki <clears throat> growing up with the inability to use curse techniques, and her dad being like, "Look at this piece of shit that I fucking birthed out." I can't stand how I birth two children, uh, both useful, bad enough they're women, bad enough. <laughs> but now one is unable to use curse techniques. And not only that, she's defiant in her ability. She doesn't care to like learn. She doesn't care to, 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 to have some sort of sorcerer take over her soul and figure that out. She doesn't care for that. She doesn't care to do any dishes or, or being you know subservient at all. She's just a back-talking, you know, little girl. And Mai, who's her twin sister, just got to deal with this all as well because they're twins. Um, she says, my, my, Maki says that she could see curses. No, no, no. Mai says, sorry, that she could see curses and would be afraid, but Maki was never scared and always went straight for her future. She left the clan despite telling Mai that she wouldn't leave her to behind, only to return and become head of the clan. Mai believes her sister is a liar and claims to hate her. I don't think she actually does hate her. Um, nah, she loves her sister. She's just mad at her. 
she you know, mad at her situation. Squabble. If you if you got siblings, you don't squabble with them. I feel you know, like your sibling sibling she, beefs. My situation was easier because Maki was there always to take the brunt of the thing. But then when Maki left, Mai really took the brunt of everything and kind of left her sister to fend for herself. But Maki will never, she does not regret leaving because ultimately she says she has to do what's best for herself. And she, you know, she was born with little cursed energy and was never acknowledged by her family and didn't want to fall down the same hole with her sister. Didn't want to live that way. She had to leave. She says, um, even though she made that promise, you know, she uh, and she feels bad about it. She ultimately is doing what's best for herself. And Mai goes for the kill. She tries to hit her with all the bullets. Um, Maki doesn't realize that she is his ability to create one bullet left, even though it uses all of her curse energy. She uses that one bullet, shoots it out. Maki catches that shit. Cause she's real as fuck. Catches it with her hand. Catches um, barehanded the bullet. And Come then, on, built yeah. different. She says, "Listen, it's that heavenly restriction. You know, it's, a, it's that that's the real uh, that's the real curse technique that 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 we have. We don't have actual curse. <laughs> we have heavenly restriction. Um, yeah, and she catches the bullet, crumples it up." You know, Mai tries to throw the gun at the trick, gets overpowered, and yeah, she still considers her a liar and a disappointment, um, even though this entire situation has gone on. And that leads us into episode 18, where it is uh, Megumi versus, well, Megumi versus Kamo. Kamo's the guy who uses his blood and shit um, as blood technique able to like take blood packets and manipulate blood and use it as weapons, which is kind of cool, I guess. Um, they're having a fight. The fight is really, it would probably have been a much more notable fight if it had an actual ending, but because Mahito and his gang pull up to jujitsu, you know, high and oh, yeah. they're going to steal whatever they're going to go steal. On the main, on the other side of things, Nanami pulls up. Not is it Nanami? No, Hanami. Sorry, Hanami pulls up with a couple other people in tow as well. Special grade curse, and decides to you know a, a veil is put over the school. A veil only to keep Gojo out. I was like, God damn, could they hate you anymore in this series? Um, a veil is put over, trapping everybody but Gojo outside, and. Every, all the kids inside who has to go up against this special grade curse, Hanami. Tough beat. Reminds me of Naruto, to be honest with you. Um <laughs> Yeah, listen, the the whole villain pulling up and and fucking up the sabotaging the, yeah, fucking yeah. with the tournament and sabotaging everything. A story as old as time. Um Yeah, listen, because why not? Why not choose that time? Hey, to, man. to attack when everyone is there. They kidnapped Bakugo that one time. You know? Yeah, they did. Sometimes you just need everybody in one place while they're inexperienced and keep uh, All Might slash Gojo out. And uh, that's how you win. But they try their best to hold off of Hanami, but Hanami's too fucking strong. It kills all the Shikigamis. Um, Koge ends up using his curse technique and blowing his fucking vocal cords out. Like it's wildest you and you know, spin up blood. Yeah, and shit. that was well, I mean, cause he kept I mean he was only using they even said they're like, yo, he's burnt out already, and he was using low level um yeah, he was using low level stuff, and then finally he was just like, Listen, I got one vocal cord left. Adobo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my he God. was like, if I was him, all mines would be like taco ingredients. Really? Ooh, yeah. that's a good thing. Mine would probably be like, yeah, man, like, like West Indian food, like roti, <laughs> funny, oxtail. Uh, <laughs> Carne asada. Yeah. Carne- so- <laughs> oh, my God, that's lit. All right, we should do Cabeza. that. Um, Cabeza. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, rice and peas. Um, 
but cabbage, cabbage. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> Megumi and Maki try to fight Hanami on their own. Um, you know, trading the curse tools and everything like that, but Hanami gets the best of them, and that is where Yuji and Toto come in, and they're the people who get the main, you know, fun stuff going this episode. And we actually get to see Toto's quirk this time. We get to see Toto in action, um, full, full action, as he teams up with Yuji to fight Hanami. We see a little bit of Toto back in third grade. He beat up a high schooler and sat on him, claiming that life was boring. Yeah, that's so wicked because I'm a first grader and so I have to pick her up every day. So I see what third graders look like. And the thought of a third grader smoking out a high schooler has me in tears. Soon after, a woman, a woman who we would find out later in the series, is going to be Yuki Sukumo, um, we'll find out about later in the series. Calls out to Toto and says what women are his type. Um, upon meeting, Toto felt like his life was never going to be as boring again. And now we see his kind of life. We see his curse technique, which is the boogie woogie. Now, the boogie woogie is, is cool. <laughs> I like it. No, it uh, is. This is a this is a tight technique. If user claps a, his hand on his No, go ahead. And I was gonna say, if you're in a real fight and you had this technique, that would be so clutch. So the user claps his hand and he's able to transform, well, not transform, but transport two different bodies of things, or at least change their positions. So it presents this amazing fight that we see with Toto and Yuji versus Hanami, where, you know, constantly they're changing positions, using Black Flash, punching, changing positions, overwhelming. Um, uh, Hanami to the point where he's really pushed those limits as well and it just keeps going back and forth and back and forth um, Yuji runs off like seven black flashes in a row yeah really some like apparently it's like un- some unprecedented shit but you know yeah it's like oh my gosh it's like whoa one it's like the first time they introduced the three point line <laughs> like yeah. whoa wait you can hit multiple <laughs> um, hold on now there's some other stuff going around with all the characters, but that's not important now because Gojo has managed to find his way. Well, the domain manages to break and Gojo finds his way to where he is. And he's like, yo, I cannot wait. So Gojo shows up, severs the limbs of one of um the, the, the 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 people which is nuts he's like legitimately is like oh yeah he just he yeah so all what you're gonna do is like twist his arms and legs until they're just not (laughs) yeah and leave pretty much his stub of an inner body like kind of together so they can you know um use him for interrogation to kind of find out more about this plan um continue to do hanami um yuji tries to pursue hanami but toto yells at him to stop as he's worried his new best friend would be turned into collateral damage gojo decides to go crazy and combines curse technique lapse blue and curse technique reversal red together resulting in hollow technique purple the fissure from the purple leaves that sounds like a weed strand Whoever um, has that, please hit me. If you're listening to this episode, you got some hollow technique purple, DM me. Once they're able to move <laughs> on from various strains that are Dragon Ball Z related, maybe we'll get some Jujutsu Kaisen related strains. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Um I can't wait. I can't wait the next time I go to New York, go to Zaza World and <laughs> <laughs> But yes, the purple shows up and absolutely wrecks everything in front of it and they're they don't know if hanami's been killed or not but hanami has not actually been killed but meanwhile more than anything this entire thing was a distraction so mahito can steal cursed womb death painting one through three um what are cursed womb death paintings we'll find out in the next arc (laughs) because um it's named after that (laughs) um so everyone settles back down. Everyone gets back. They're like, we got what we wanted. Hanami's still alive. Hopefully we can heal them. Um, 
Ghetto is still looking forward to October 31st. He was like, no, no, no we can't really be Gojo right now. He, say, uh, he says, when Hanami asks about why don't they seal Gojo with the veil, Ghetto explains that they don't want to direct his attention to Mahito's main mission. Ghetto believes that one of the students acted as a landmine for Sukuna, which is Megumi, and if they were to kill the student, Megumi, um, wait, my page refreshed. Um, if they were to kill the student, Megumi, all of their plans will be ruined. Jogo suggests for them to kidnap Sukuna's vessel, but Ghetto says Sukuna is a bomb for both of them and Jujutsu High, which means if shit goes bad, shit's going to go really bad. Um, and, you know, so they're like, you know what? Let's just tread October 31st. We'll wait on it. It's a couple weeks away. We'll figure it out. Um, then everyone kind of like heals up and they continue the tournament, which is a baseball. <laughs> the second part of it, it's a baseball game, which Tokyo wins 2-0. How did you feel about the baseball? Oh, it was great. Uh, the The Toto part was absolutely hilarious. It's probably one of my favorite episodes of the of the series, too. <laughs> Um, I love a good baseball episode. Love but, it. Um, but yeah, nah, it was. I think after all that happened, that was a fun way for it to end. Yeah, it's very. To be honest with you, now reading multiple, multiple upon multiple chapters of this is very gay esque. Um, yeah, way to kind of like okay, let's run it back to humor and in the most unsuspecting way that you can kind of figure out. So that is kind of what ends the um the kyoto goodwill event arc which is an interesting you know interesting kind of tournament arc um interesting kind of competitive arc involved a lot of plot progression in terms of we see a lot of the 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 we see a lot of the progression with you know our main three yuji megumi and Ibarra. While we also get to see the powers of all the other people in the Tokyo class and the Kyoto class, both of them, which become a major part of the series moving forward. Well, I don't know, not as much Kyoto, but um, kind of Kyoto, but uh, more so of the Tokyo class. We learn a lot from there. Um, they have the cursed wombs. They're able to uh, move through Tengen's, you know, security blankets of whatever it is and manage to steal curse wounds one through three, which is what they wanted to do. Um, what does that mean? We'll have to find out in the next arc, which is the death painting arc, which is the final arc of season one of Jujutsu Kaisen. Um, if you do not like spoilers, thank you guys for tuning in, of course. Um, continue to support all of our content. Make sure you follow the lookout at the lookout rnc if you did not read manga um please do not step forward here but because we were about to enter the spoiler section um spoiler section let's get to it what did so did anything in this arc make you think of anything that happens in the future manga moving forward um doesn't total lose a hand he loses a hand right Toto loses a hand. Yeah, he loses a hand. Um, he's still able yeah, to clap. I kept... Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't really stop him not being able to use his technique, but he loses a hand. He loses a hand in the Shibuya incident arc, which is going to be part of this next season that we coming up. Um, what's other things that I've noticed about this? Well, just, oh, I mean... I mean, we got to go back to the really... So, I feel that, granted, Hanami coming and pulling up and the... Also, what jumping did you like better, the Toto in Yuji or Nanami in Yuji? I like, I like Nanami. Well, Hanami in uh, Yuji because it's more. He doesn't have control, and he's just like, "What the fuck?" <laughs> and getting hit. No, I'm saying. Over over. Oh yeah, 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 that one. That because you know, there's a lot of jumping that happened this uh, <laughs> in the past two arcs, like. Uh, Maito gets jumped. Hanami gets jumped. Just a lot of great things happening. But um, it's a, it's no, back to my one. original point. Go back ahead. to my original point, though. Um, although I feel like Hanami and them kind of pulling up and Yuji and them fighting the the curses was mm-hmm. a really big part. I think my and Maki was like I feel like that's what 
they really wanted us to get out of this arc and then mm. you figure and then you see what happens in the future with my maki um especially after the shibuya incident and i feel like seeing this now and seeing how they are now and then going all the way to that point uh, leading up to Mai's death i think like I, I like seeing the contrast between it and between them in their right. moments because like there's there's times where they're like with each other like Mai doesn't Mai always kind of acts like shaded towards her sister until mm-hmm. her like final moments where she's like where Maki's like no you're my sister and it's like I love you right and um, appreciates the strength that she have no matter what because it, yeah they're they realize that even together like they're not really escaping the the, the terrible atrocities that their father has kind of like I guess bestowed upon them in this instance and they can't rather than I, I don't think they believe that they can kind of beat them separately so now they you know they're together um forever and I guess one thing one thing that um this arc kind of like made me think of was first of all I completely forgot about Mechamaru just in general um but Mechamaru plays a I don't want to say a big part in the Shibuya. I mean, he plays a he plays a part in the Shibuya incident, but he really like kicks off things when we get to the Shibuya incident arc, because we learn it's um, Kakumi, aka Mekamaru, who is the one who is kind of like the snitch, um, who pretty much like let reveal the location. He doesn't he he never gets any like you know big. Uh, he, has no, not, he, he doesn't he have anything happen to him in this arc. No, no, no. He doesn't have anything happen to him in this arc, but it's because he's a snitch. And when we get to the beginning of Shibuya arc, you realize that he had some sort of um, agreement or binding will agreement with Mahito to repair his body. So once he repairs his body, then Mahito fights Mekamaru, and that's a that's the first big fight before we head into the Shibuya incident arc. Um, so that I I remember that specifically because we don't get a lot of Mekamaru. Um, who else reminded me of things in this arc? Um, I mean, we we get to see the reason. There's no bar. We stay no seal bar. Gojo because. <laughs> oh yeah. You see, Gojo Cause... just pulled up and like changed shit around. You know. Also, too, it's like how do you create a veil for a person, and then that same person just destroys that veil. Yeah, and goes like, ah, eh, it's gonna hold me back for too long. Clearly, they realize he's OP at the end of this arc, and there's nothing that they can do about it. Yeah. Did you have anything else? Uh I'm trying to think of anything else that ties into the future. I mean, obviously, um, you brought up Toto and him losing his hand. Mekamaru, who has his moment. Um, his death is pretty sad, too. Yeah. I can't lie. When they're like holding the robot head and all that, like. Um, I'm trying to think. No, I don't. I don't really can't think of anything else right now I, that ties into some spoiler stuff. I would feel like Toto would have mo- much more going on in this series. Like, I thought he would be part of the calling games, Jazz. But oh yeah, same here. And he's nowhere to be found. Yeah. He oh, he says uh his technique is dead. <laughs> um it was merely a structure on the backflash. Toto then apologizes and says his technique is already dead. So maybe he just doesn't have the technique going on. But you know what? We've seen much more um much weirder plot devices used to change people around and revive them in certain ways. Um so I don't think that we'll see the last of him, but he just isn't seen for a long time after this. Um, and then I haven't read any of the chapters that came today because I know something would pop in my head. But also seeing the principal, clearly his goal is to make sure that Yuji dies. And after the Shibuya incident, he's like, look at what this fool has cost us. <laughs> now everybody got to pay. He's pretty much like banned Yuji from ever returning to Jujutsu High. Yeah, he hates him. I don't understand why he's such a hater, but it's all good. They hate a, you know, just hate to see a young nigga shining. Um, really does. 
you know, we'll leave that for the spoiler section because I think, honestly, I don't even know if there is much more. But you know what? Next week, we're going to be talking about the Death Painting arc. It is the last arc of season one. Some cool shit goes on. It's the shortest arc, too. Um, but some cool shit goes on. So that's always fun. Yeah, Nobara gets her moment. Yeah, Nobara gets that. her moment. Uh, Magumi gets a moment. Um, Yuji and Nobara get to do some cool shit together. So we have that to look forward to. Um, and yeah, listen, make sure you guys continue to subscribe to The Lookout. Um, subscribe to The A Show. <laughs> I mean, go listen to that. It's going to be WrestleMania week, so I'm sure we'll have Fallout on that. Um, follow The Lookout at The Lookout RNC on Twitter and everywhere that you listen to stuff. And yeah, man, we'll, uh, we'll be back next week with the conclusion to our Jujutsu Kaisen uh, story. Any final words, Jamal? Um, Yankees won. Oh, that's so okay. nice. Yeah, Yankees won. So I'm a happy man. Uh, make sure that y'all continue to listen to the lookout and watch some WrestleMania. By the time y'all listen to this, all this is gonna like. By the time y'all listen to this, my mood could be completely different because the Yankees play mm-hmm. tomorrow and they play that day we drop. So. Well, yeah, listen, go Yankees. Know. How about that? <laughs> go Yanks. Go Yankees. Hey, man. Shout Thank out to my blood for, pressure. Thank you guys for tuning in. And yeah, we will see you guys next week. Take care.